It's December 20th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer, and this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Wright Report, your daily news podcast. I've got five briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. Although we first start with breaking news out of Colorado, where the state Supreme Court just barred Donald Trump from running in the state's presidential primary. I've got that news in my analysis. Meanwhile, our normally scheduled right report will include first, Democrats are also blasting Mr. Trump for being Adolf Hitler, or just like him, saying that he uses Nazi language to describe illegal migration. We'll explore what he said over the weekend that prompted these responses and whether voters like you agree. Second, a quick update to a brief that I gave you about a Texas law that will allow state law enforcement officials to arrest illegal migrants and bar them, ultimately, from asylum. Third, the North Koreans just fired another missile that can hit all of the United States, but there is some good news to this otherwise bad story. I'll discuss it. Fourth, an update to our battle for the Pacific. An old set of runways from World War II are taking on a new life this morning, although the U.S. military just has to cut down some jungles to get to them. Fifth, the CEO of Apple has some egg on his face this morning, and China put it there. Later, a listener question today about the special report that I offered to y'all yesterday about Lebanon. Somebody says that I am just saying stuff to be a fear monger, so I'll respond to that. But first, let's get to that breaking news. Colorado Supreme Court has just ruled that Donald Trump cannot appear on the state's primary ballot for the presidency. They said late last night that he was disqualified because he engaged in acts of uh, insurrection, of course, during the January 6th protest just a couple of years ago. And so, according to this court, the U.S. Constitution's 14th Amendment makes it very clear that he is now disqualified from the presidency, or at least to run for the office on Colorado ballots. So, folks, I'm still reviewing the ruling, but three quick things here. First, I actually gave you a brief about this looming issue back on August 22nd. I would absolutely encourage you to go back and take a listen to it. I explored the 14th Amendment and why the legal basis for this and other similar lawsuits was on incredibly thin legal ice. But second, I would remind us that the U.S. House and Senate considered this issue of insurrection and whether or not to remove Trump for it, of course, and they did not. So that should have settled the issue constitutionally. In other words, whatever his alleged role was, the constitutional process played out and the 14th Amendment is thus not relevant here. He was not found guilty and removed for his alleged insurrection act. But third, this activist court in Colorado clearly ruled otherwise. And I say it in that way because, according to Ballotpedia, all members of Colorado's state uh, Supreme Court were appointed by Democrat governors. And that certainly seems relevant this morning, especially as there are other efforts around the country that have tried to do this same thing to push Trump off the ballot, but they have all failed. So folks, more to come, but let me give you this as a parting piece of opinion or analysis. Whether or not you like or dislike Mr. Trump, it sure seems as though he is being targeted this morning, not investigated, not fairly prosecuted, but targeted. But regardless of my opinion, this ruling in Colorado by a unanimous group of otherwise Democrat-appointed judges, they are now going to likely send this opinion and ruling off to the Supreme Court. That is where this issue will almost certainly have to be resolved because it is a big, big one for the future of the republic. More to come. 
Meanwhile, let's get back to our scheduled right report this morning, where we've got this very well-timed piece of news, I think. Former President Trump is taking additional fire from Democrats this morning about something else, namely his recent comments about illegal migration. Over the weekend, Mr. Trump spoke to a crowd in Nevada where he relayed this startling fact. About 4 million people have come into this country illegally since Joe Biden assumed control of the White House. And that is more than any of his predecessors in recent memory, if not ever. To which Mr. Trump said this, quote, This is an invasion. This is like a military invasion with drugs, criminals, gang members, and terrorists. They are pouring into our country at record levels. We've never seen anything like it. They're taking over our cities, end quote. So that came a day after Mr. Trump also claimed that illegal migrants are, quote, poisoning the blood of our country all over the world that they are pouring into our country, end quote. And those statements by Mr. Trump kicked off a firestorm of criticism by the White House, Democrats, and mostly left-leaning media outlets with their central argument that Trump is just like Adolf Hitler, echoing those same words and phrases that he used back in Nazi Germany. Now, as listeners probably recall, this is not the first time that these folks have made this argument. They made it for years, actually, while Mr. Trump was president. But rhetoric aside, the question that I think we should be asking ourselves this morning is whether or not Mr. Trump is right on his allegations. What do the facts and data say? So let's do a fact check this morning. So first, he said that this migrant crisis is like an invasion. Well, just over a year ago, the media outlet NPR conducted a poll asking Americans how they would describe what is happening on our southern border. And a majority of them over a year ago said invasion. Even 41 percent of Democrats said that. Second, Mr. Trump claimed that drugs are coming across the border in record numbers, too. Well, CBS News and others are reporting that DEA data show that, in fact, the amount of illegal drugs discovered and seized at the border are at record levels, for fentanyl in particular. Third, Mr. Trump claimed that criminals and gang members are coming over the border in shocking numbers, and we also know that that is true, too. Data show a notable rise in arrests at the border of folks that are part of the MS-13 gang. Those uh, individuals are from Central America. I have also reported to you on gangs and cartels using illegal migrants to run drug networks in the city of San Francisco. We've also talked about home robbery syndicates coming out of Chile, uh, hitting states from California to Pennsylvania. Meanwhile, we have also talked about the heavily hit New York City, where dozens of migrants uh, have been arrested for all sorts of different crimes, especially those that are staying at the Roosevelt Hotel. In fact, many of them have been arrested for domestic violence. One of them, a guy named Daniel Hernandez Martinez, he has been arrested six times since he arrived here six months ago, and he has been charged with 14 different crimes. Indeed, they were interviewing some of the police officers involved in this, and one New York City police officer told the New York Post that, quote, these migrants are getting arrested quite often here, and we really don't know who they are. We really don't have ID. They're not being vetted properly, and some of them are committing some of the most violent crimes in the city, end quote. So, folks, factually speaking, at least on the crime and the gang issue, Trump is correct. Fourth and finally, the former president alleged that terrorists are coming into this country illegally and also in record numbers, and that is true. According to reports from the New York Times and others, 169 people on the U.S. terror watch list were arrested over the last uh, fiscal year, and that is a record. It beat out the previous year's numbers, which, by the way, were also a record at the time of 98. 
And that's just the people who were arrested. That doesn't include the million or more gotaways. So in short and in some, ladies and gentlemen, the facts are overwhelmingly on Mr. Trump's side this morning. So why would it then be that the White House or Democrats or leftist media outlets would say that he's wrong or just like Hitler? Well, here's one possible explanation. Bad poll numbers. Over the past week, Mr. Biden's poll numbers have absolutely tanked. Those include polls from Fox News, CNN, Bloomberg News, Wall Street Journal, amongst a host of others. In fact, these polls are getting so bad, the Democrat pollsters are telling the Biden re-election team that they are falling further each month in terms of support. They're not stabilizing. Meanwhile, Obama's former uh, advisor, David Axelrod, he's going as far to say that Biden should probably step aside. And all of that bad news, at least according to the Washington Post, is causing Mr. Biden to lash out at his team, blaming them for his poor numbers and demanding that they do something to save his reelection campaign. So based on that, I think that one could reasonably argue that the Democrat rhetoric of Trump is a Nazi isn't so much about actual facts, but just some good old fashioned political mudslinging. So those are the facts and data this morning about Trump and Nazis and Democrats. Let me pivot now to my analysis and opinion. Fear is a powerful thing. And when it's used for propaganda, it can be very effective. For years, of course, we've heard that Trump is Hitler. He's a Nazi, a Russian traitor, and so forth. And each and every time, there has been a political goal. Uh, His opposition, the Democrat Party, they are trying to keep their base, well, neurotic with fear also that they're going to show up on election day and vote. In other words, hysteria. And as we all know, it kicked off in 2016 with those false Trump Russia allegations. And frankly, it's just never stopped. But I'll tell you, beyond the hysteria and the political mudslinging, I think that this rhetoric is also about money. As folks might know, U.S. corporate media outlets have made a tremendous amount of money peddling this fear about Trump. And I'll tell you, to demonstrate it, I love this next quote. It comes from the chairman of CBS who said all the way back in 2016, quote, Donald Trump may not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS, end quote. So how about we keep that in mind, shall we, as we hear and see these various headlines? After all, I think it's election season, isn't it? And that means propaganda is in full swing. With that, we turn to our second report of the morning. A quick update for you on the migration crisis. The governor of Texas has signed something called Senate Bill 4, which he says will help stem the flow of illegal migrants. I actually briefed you about this bill back on December 4th, but in short, it'll allow Texas law enforcement officers to arrest people who've come over the border illegally. But here's the real power behind this bill. So when an illegal migrant applies for asylum in their applications, they have to say whether or not they have a criminal history. And if they do, their applications are almost universally rejected. And that includes uh, having a serious misdemeanor or a felony. And that would be the case if they were arrested under this Senate Bill 4 in Texas. And that is what is really upsetting Democrats and leftists and immigration activists this morning. They are absolutely outraged by this bill. Indeed, the White House and congressional Democrats are calling it extreme. The ACLU is filing a lawsuit to actually stop it. Although I should say all that was expected. Governor Greg Abbott anticipated these lawsuits, and he and his attorney general plan to defend this measure all the way to the uh, Supreme Court as necessary. In the meantime, the state of Texas has also allocated $1.5 billion for this SB4 and its companion law of SB3, 
The money will help build, uh, amongst other things, more border walls. So there you go. No analysis or opinion to give you on this one, ladies and gentlemen. Just something to put on your radars for when you hear people discuss it. But the bottom line is that the Supreme Court is almost certainly going to have to review this law. They're going to have to decide whether the state of Texas has the constitutional ability to handle immigration issues in this way, or rather, that immigration powers are exclusively the domain of the federal government. We shall see, but potentially this could be a big deal affecting the lives of illegal migrants and those asylum seekers in a pretty big way. I'll keep you posted. With that, let's take our first break of the morning, shall we? For subscribers listening at rightreport.substack.com, thank you. Meanwhile, for my other loyal listeners, an equal thanks. We'll be right back. Folks, if you're looking for a new mattress, I've got one at 60% off. Yeah, we're talking about GhostBed, the company that I think makes the finest mattresses in all of America. As you know by now, I have the Lux model. That one is designed to help people like me who sleep a little bit hot. But that is not the only reason that I bought a ghost bed. I care mostly about craftsmanship and high-quality materials. And when you feel a ghost bed, you feel both the quality and the comfort. And you feel it, by the way, right out of the box, delivered right to your doorstep. Now, I do have a confession on that point. I was a little bit skeptical about buying a mattress that comes in a relatively small box. But however that magic works, well, I don't know, but it does work. And the mattresses are absolutely fantastic. Still, if you're skeptical like I was, don't worry. GhostBed has a 101-day trial period plus free shipping and returns, so you can try it out in the comfort of your own home. So if you're looking for a mattress or you want to gift one to somebody this holiday season, go to ghostbed.com slash right. That's W-R-I-G-H-T. And when you do, you are going to get 60% off your ghost bed purchase. But you got to use that web address. Again, folks, go to ghostbed.com slash right, W-R-I-G-H-T, and get yourself the good night's sleep that you deserve. Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our news this morning with a pivot towards international developments. First, a bad news, good news story to report on North Korea. Let's talk about the bad piece of news first. Pyongyang's socialist dictator, Mr. Kim Jong-un, oversaw his nation's latest launch of a long-range ballistic missile, or ICBM. And that is bad news for a couple of reasons, including that Mr. Kim deeply hates the United States. And with this missile, he can now hit the entirety of this country with a nuclear-armed warhead. He's got around 100 of them, give or take. Second, we know that he is not a well man. We know that he is a raging alcoholic and has been since the age of 14. He is also a heavy smoker. He is obese. He is a pill popper for an asundry of ailments. And he is prone to emotional outbursts. So that is the bad news. That is not a guy that we want to have nuclear weapons. But here's the good news. The United States, South Korea, and Japan have agreed to work more closely together on watching the North Koreans and coordinating their responses. Now, that might not seem like a big deal, but it is. For centuries, South Korea and Japan have been frequent enemies. In fact, Tokyo occupied the Korean Peninsula in just the last century, as one example. And their relations have been absolutely poor at best ever since then. But the North Korea threat, plus some good old-fashioned diplomacy and maybe the passage of time, it's helping to bridge that historical animosity. And that's leading these countries to work with the United States to now share real-time information and intelligence about North Korea's ballistic missile tests, amongst other very important intel and military requirements. So that is good news, I think, for everybody. 
especially for our troops stationed in the region. Which actually takes us to our next update of the morning, a new island for us to talk about in our battle for the Pacific. And this update is steeped in history. So let's go back in time to the summer of 1944. The Japanese controlled many of the islands in the North and South Pacific, including the island of Tinian. It sits just north of Guam and just south of Saipan. It's part of the North Marianas, a critical set of islands and atolls that the Allied forces fought long and hard to secure, and I should say at great expense. But finally, U.S. forces were able to defeat the Japanese in both Saipan and Tinian by August of 1944. And that is when the U.S. Navy got to work. The Seabees cleared port of the jungle on on, uh, Tinian, and they built what was, at the time, the world's longest runways. And those, they got put to work too. One year later, the Enola Gay took off from Tinian and dropped a nuclear bomb on Hiroshima. Three days after that, the B-29 boxcar took off and dropped another bomb on Nagasaki. Well, in the decades since then, Tinian became less and less important to the U.S. military, like so many of those little island nations in the Pacific. But now that's changing, all because of the new battle for the Pacific between China and the United States for supremacy and influence. And that background takes us to the news. The U.S. Air Force is stepping up efforts this morning to reclaim the old runways on Tinian. They're now mostly overgrown with jungles and underbrush, but recent satellite photos show a lot of progress has been made on addressing that tricky issue, with the Air Force planning a complete rehab of the pavement, plus building a series of new facilities that they call, quote, extensive So the idea is that Tinian will serve as one of the many bases in the Pacific to spread out our planes and other critical war material in the event that China ever attacks. In other words, they won't be able to centralize their assaults on just one or a couple of places like, say, Guam. Well, when it's ready, the Pentagon expects that Tinian will host a series of ongoing drills and preparations for a possible war with China, and that will include a whole bunch of different allies in the region. And on that list of allies to participate is Japan. Finally, this morning, the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, has some egg on his face, and China put it there. So here's what we know. Bloomberg News is reporting that the Communist Party in Beijing has ordered more of its agencies and state-backed companies to avoid buying or bringing to work any products made by Apple, especially the iPhone. The CCP believes that those devices are a security risk, although they offered no further details on what exactly that might be. Well, this move by the communists in Beijing comes just a couple of weeks after Apple's CEO spent $40,000 to sit at a table with China's President Xi. Of course, Mr. Cook was hoping to curry favor with the communist leader and to secure more and better business deals and conditions in China. Although that investment, uh, it appears, has turned out to be a bit of a bad one. By the way, Mr. Cook was not alone at that dinner. He was joined by other American executives, including the CEOs of Boeing, BlackRock, and other major financial investors. So no deep analysis or opinion to give you on this one. Just a, just a reminder, right? A lot of people fall in love with China, especially our corporate leaders. But China, they never fall in love with you. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of the right report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. We'll be right back. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. 
Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out. Everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. It is a listener question sent to us from one of my paid subscribers at rightreport.substack.com. Rick from somewhere in America, he wrote in about my special report that I gave you yesterday regarding the war in Israel and it possibly expanding into Lebanon. So here's what he, uh, he said to me. Brian, I gave my daughter a one-month subscription to The Right Report last week, but after today's episode about Lebanon, she said that you were just a fear monger. So how would you respond to her? Well, Rick, first and foremost, and most importantly, thank you for buying her a one-month subscription. That's pretty neat. And that is how this podcast is going to grow and sustain itself. So thank you for your loyalty and ultimately for your belief in me. Second, let's talk about that daughter of yours. And by the way, if she is listening, Miss Daughter, this is for you. So let's start with this idea of fear. Because as your daughter correctly points out, it is a very powerful emotion and it can be used for good and bad. So let me tell you about how it has been used as good in my life. So I joined the CIA about two months after 9-11 and I was 25 years old at the time. And my job each day was to read about and talk to people about threats from all around the world and how we could organize operations to stop them. And I will say to you, in those early days after 9-11, that was not a fun job. Every day was about learning in some way how I would die, whether that be a terror attack at CIA headquarters or in D.C. with a dirty bomb or somewhere in Virginia, some lone wolf killing me. It was awful, very fearful. And that constant barrage of, of threats and all the fear related to it, that never actually changed in the years after that. That's because I spent many years focused on things like potential nuclear wars or ICBMs, chemical warfare, biological warfare, and also just the kind of standard spy stuff like cartels killing people or torture by the world's evilest people. And here is what I eventually discovered after the years of dealing with those kinds of threats and fears. The fear of the terrible stuff was eventually replaced by the emotion of anger and a resolve to punch back. It, it steeled my spine to not be afraid and instead to remain ever vigilant. Right? I learned that fundamentally the bad guys never take a day off and so neither can I. So I would say to your daughter, Rick, I understand fear. I think I also understand your daughter's bigger point. Right? Other listeners have also criticized me for being what they said was a, an angel of death, talking about too many bad things. But here's the deal. We can pretend like the world is a bed of roses, or we can be honest that, in fact, it's not. And then with that honesty and the facts and the data related to it, we can educate ourselves about the world. But perhaps most importantly, we can go to the voting booth or to our political candidates of choice and demand that they address or fix or stop that stuff. 
And I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, Rick, to his daughter, that is why I do this podcast. I promise you. Now, I'm sure that your skeptical daughter Rick, uh, might say, I don't know. I think he's just doing it for clicks or new listeners or to be famous. Well, okay. If that is the argument, here's my challenge. And frankly, to anybody else who might share that skepticism, read the transcripts. It's all there. The news, the quotes, the analysis. It's not just me that's yelling that, hey, the sky is falling. And if that outside sourcing still doesn't convince people, maybe this will. A guy named Jamie Diamond, he's the CEO of J.P. Morgan Chase, he said back in October that, quote, this may be the most dangerous time that the world has seen in decades, end quote. He went on to list at the time of all the things that he was worried about from China to terrorism, and he discussed the fallout from those threats and what he called the energy and food markets, uh, global trade, he said. Uh, he noted massive U.S. deficits resulting from these threats, and he said a, a scrambling of geopolitical relationships. So I, I think, and frankly, I, I suppose I'm sorry to say, he's right. And to your daughter, Rick, I say, I wish he weren't. I wish he were not right. I wish that I had been born in a different era when we had a more stable world with, frankly, better leadership in the White House and some fellow Americans that really love this country. But right now, we don't live in that era. And that is why we have to talk about it. But I promise I look for good news every day. I do. And I will bring it to you as I find it. But until then, I accept it. Angel of death it is. Uh, but that is not because I'm a fear monger, you know, for clicks or new listeners, but rather this nation is under attack and I just can't pretend like it's not. And with all due respect, neither should you. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day.